Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. I'm Jay Warmke. And I'm Annie Warmke, remotely. Remotely, socially distancing. <laughs> yeah. And today we're going to talk about how every dollar you spend is a vote or how to become an angry consumer. I was born an angry consumer. <laughs> well, it's not difficult right now <laughs> no, to be an not. angry consumer. I hate, I, I really hate, not that I liked it before, but I really hate going to the store now. I have become an online consumer, which has its well, own challenges. And that's, that's one of the drawbacks, because really what we're talking about is, you know, we've always said on this show and and whenever anyone will listen and doesn't walk away uh, thinking we're as annoying <laughs> as a Jehovah's Witness or something oh my to word, say <laughs> to say that, uh, you know, buy locally, um, support people that you support, buy less. Yeah, I still do that. I use things. I still do that. Right. But but if you're just going online, it's very, very easy to just, you know, type into Google no. First thing that pops up is going to be Amazon. Yeah, no, no Amazon yeah. for me. And then you're going to help make Jeff Bezos a little no, bit richer. No, it takes it takes some effort. That's what we're going to talk about today: right. is yeah. how to take that anger and turn it into something useful that you're going to feel good about. Right, and and I think hopefully we'll talk about that. You got to be annoying as well, right? Because it's one no, thing. No, I'm never annoying. No, I know, but <laughs> yes. So it's one thing to to you know, practice your, to make every dollar a vote, but you got to tell the people you're voting for them. And you got to tell more importantly, the people you didn't vote for that you didn't vote for them because they did something you didn't like. Yeah, repeat that 10 times. Okay. All I right. Won't. So the goal for me <laughs> is that I want to support companies and businesses and services that don't take away from the future in their practices with their employees, with their products. And I don't want to give or vote with my dollar with people who are greenwashing. And there's a lot of that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So the, the basic thing is how can we vote with our dollars? Uh, first of all, I always say I work hard for every dollar I make and I don't want to invest in things I don't believe in. And that's really what this comes down to. So it also comes down to how do we get into the practice of saying, what, what's the criteria we have for the companies that we vote with our dollars or in our their services? And um, I often think about, we have a local company that does embroidering for hats and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and you know, you know, never to buy anything from there, even though I tell people not to, because they're nasty to their employees, they're nasty in their business practices, and it's widely reported, but they don't seem to care because they're all a family owned, everybody knows them, and they're mm -hmm. a big company. They all went to school together. Probably, or their cousins <laughs> did with anyway. So. Well, but conversely, I know, for instance, like John down at the local hardware store, nice guy, we know his philosophy. We know his business practices. We know, his husband. we know how they operate. We know their employees are well treated. So we want to support them, even though it may cost a little bit more money than if we went to Home Depot or someplace like that. But we know them. We're wanting to support local. That's easy to do when you're buying face to face. But when you're online. But you can tougher. now. OK, during the pandemic, there have been many changes and one of the changes is that local companies like the hardware store that John manages, 
Um, you can send them something online. You can call them up and you can have them bring the stuff you can order. Like I needed a tea kettle and I, I sent something online and I, and then I called up to confirm everything. And then they said, yes, we have it. And they would have even brought it to the car. So I think, I don't think it's an, an insurmountable thing. Um, but it takes effort. It take well, and it takes the will that I, I have the will that I don't want to give a dime to Amazon or Target or Walmart because I work too hard for my money and I want to make sure that it benefits others, that I'm investing in others. So, and, and so what does going green really mean? Uh, it really is about workplaces that create a healthy environment for their employees and for their community. And it re they reduce unnecessary waste. And they also recognize that the role of business is often leading the way for change in our culture, doing better, um, wanting to do better, recognizing the value of people. Well, I think it's important that we recognize, I mean, I I. I'll say I can easily conjure this this image of corporate greedy SOBs who are who are just out at, to make a buck. But there are people who go into business who are sincerely trying to do a good job, right? And not just small businesses; some bigger businesses, uh, it's possible that they are trying their best. So, so how do you recognize those? I mean, I may have interrupted, and you may have other criteria, but. Uh, well, I just was going to say that 84% of consumers say that they are seeking a positive environmental commitment from the companies that they do business with. That seems really high to me uh, and why they're picking the environment over things like uh, I know over 60% of people want to know that the meat that they eat is humanely processed and treated and so forth. So they're, people are thinking about these things. And, um, and so, and younger, among younger people, particularly millennials, 90% of millennials are seeking environmentally friendly choices. And so it's easy to be suckered into the greenwashing when that's your motivation. So we've got to learn how do we kind of back up. And so I want so to- So once again, we're putting our faith in the next generation as all of us- get it right. All of us tired old white guys are dying off. Well, I'm not a tired old white guy. And I- <laughs> And I believe that our, our goal has to be to look to them to say, we've had our day and now how do we have your backs? And, and this is the kind of thing where we can do that, where we can support young people going into business. So, so some of the things that, um, that are really important in looking at a business, and again, not all of this is terribly obvious, but we want to look at how have they developed their company and have they come in and gentrified an area and put people out or are they really supporting the geographical location of where they are? Um, what do their buildings look like? How, how, how are they producing energy? How are they treating their employees? How are they hiring their employees? Um, do they have an economy that isn't just rooted in one things so that it is sustainable, that if there's a hard time, like some of the businesses have experienced during the uh, pandemic, that they can survive, that they have the ability to, to be uh, resilient. How are they doing in terms of their production? Is it a dirty production? What are they doing with the waste? And are they reusing the waste? Uh, what are they doing about pollution? 
and uh, and their ecological impact uh, by their consumers and by their own consumption. So there's a whole lot of things that that go into this. And so there are big companies that say they have shifted to green. And honestly, if I look into it beyond more than about five seconds, it's total BS. Well, you talk about, you know, their production processes. There's that famous book before Cradle to Cradle, you know, where they talk about the entire production cycle from mining the materials that are being used in the product all the way to disposing of the the product once it's used up and how do you then turn that into something else so it's the cradle to cradle mindset so you might look at something like an electric vehicle let's say which which i think are great but the lithium ion batteries the mining of lithium creates huge environmental problems down in um you know uh bolivia argentina chile so, so we can't just sort of say, yeah, it's good over here. Let's ignore that over there. Well, it's the same with solar panels. It's the same with anything. There's no real savior for any of this at all. There's a price, a real cost, a sure. true cost, and then there's a cost. Well, the, basically when you're buying something, it's what is the least bad option? You know, how can we make it the least bad? And right. that's not a very high standard. It's sort yeah, of like Google, Google saying, don't be evil. You know, yeah, that's, that's not right. a very high standard. That's so. right. Well, and so when we look at companies that are claiming to be green or more sustainable in their practices like McDonald's and DuPont and Home Depot <laughs> and Coca-Cola, uh, you know, it, it's really an insult to the human um, plight of life to, to think about it. But if we back up and we say, all right, we're in our neighborhood or in our countryside, and let's just pick some categories like real estate people. So buildings are really powerful when we think about sustainability and resiliency. And we haven't really thought about it that way much until recently. And so if you so there's actually a designation for a green realtor through the Green Realtor Council. And um, and the point. Don't make a joke. That's I was true. just thinking back when I did real estate, a green realtor was like new to the job. So, <laughs> so I was just like, so, oh man, he's green. Don't buy from him. Yes. All right. Well, that's not what it means. And so the, the importance of that person as a real estate agent, having a designation of being a green realtor um, is that they're able to understand efficiencies of buildings and homes and what is efficient versus what they say is efficient. They're able to assess the value, value and the curb appeal of things like solar panels and wind turbines and um, understand how that influences the sale price. They're identify, able to identify the best brands for upgrades if there is a need for upgrades. So things that are already identified as energy efficient and things like that. And they often can give a complimentary energy audit into a bill in a building where somebody's thinking about um, purchasing that building. Mm -hmm. So that that's really important. And also, if you're selling your home, you can also get a designation um, for that being a green building. And so you it often will bring a higher price. So these things are valuable. But this is all local kinds of stuff or human relations. Um, we don't think about it like that, but a lot of these companies have, they hire people and they have people who get sick or have problems. And so they have human relations people, which are basically 
you know, counselors helping to solve problems. And so there's a designation, Green Human Resources Management. And that, that company manager, that Green Human Resource Manager is responsible for finding employees that will understand the green policies of the company or corporation and work efficiently within that model. So that is seems like a pretty powerful job to have in a in a company that's trying to be to be more green and um, and you know do better in the community. So you kind of internalize the philosophy as opposed to just pay lip service. That's to it. right. Instead of greenwashing, you're really trying, and nobody's going to get it a hundred percent right. But if they're trying, that seems to me like wow, I want to support that because the more you support it the more they're going to say, well, this is going to be economically valuable to my product and my services or my employees or whatever. I mean, when we look at a company like Home Depot that has a lot of products, they might say they're being more green, but how are they evaluating all those thousands of products that are coming in to be sold? They're not. Or these companies online that you can order a lot of these um, technology products and they come and they're just junk pieces of plastic. Um, you know, we have to be better about how we look at a product and, and the life of the product and the corporations. So one way is what's called B corporations. So if you find a company, um, I think there are about 1,800 certified B corps uh, in 50 countries in 130 different industries. And these uh, corporations um, are listed as a B corporation because they are doing specific things around sustainability and being a sustainable practice. Okay, well, let me interrupt you right there to let everybody know that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. And once again, want to remind you, it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. And extra, thank God. Thank God. So you were yes. talking about B corporations, and it sounds like from the number that there aren't that many. It must be a new program. You know, eighteen hundred corporations is not that, not that money. But it's a, it's a good concept. They're basically saying, look, we look at this everything we do from a holistic standpoint, and we're trying not to generally, be good. Yeah, we're trying to be. But good. I, I'm not sure the low number is because it's fairly new. I think the low number is because there aren't that many corporations actually <laughs> doing this yet. But uh, as the value of, of consumers placing the value more and more on these kind of practices and doing some of the things we're talking about, it pushes those kind of things along. Well, it may be a high bar to reach too. Well, know. I think it's things like transparency. You know, mm -hmm. the Amazons and the Targets and the Walmarts are not transparent in how they make their money, how they treat their employees. You know, we only know there's bad treatment because the employees end up on welfare in order to make ends meet or get food stamps or or they're ill or things are, are happening to them on the job site repeated like in the in the meat processing industry. So but anyway, some of the categories are accountability. So even the directors are mandated to consider the company's impact on all shareholders. So shareholders would be employees. They wouldn't necessarily be people that would hold the pieces of paper, but they're, you know, stakeholders, really. Sure. The customer, the suppliers, everybody's in the picture here. So the true cost of doing business is a lot more available and visible than to, you know, a different kind of company. Also, they, they are evaluating their performance and their assessment. They have a test and a, um, 
recertification every two years. So they, when they are um, evaluated by this B lab, which is what certifies them as a B corporation, they've been, they're given things to do to improve their status as a sustainable um, corporation. Do you know what B stands for? Just sounds like it should stand uh, for something. I think it's um, be good, be kind. Well, it is sort be of profitable. Benevolent. Yes, or I don't <laughs> be know. Be benevolent, right? Yes, uh -huh. I think so. <laughs> okay. So, so if we if we can't find a B corp or whatever, what else could we look for? Well, first of all, we said local companies or even online smaller companies. So you might want to find a book. And um, so I buy used books. And so when the pandemic came, I couldn't go to the library uh, and buy a used book at the library. So um, so I go to thrift books and thrift books are reused books. And um, there are a lot of companies that are selling uh, books that have been used and the price is generally pretty fair. And you feel good about the fact that maybe the course, the author isn't give, getting another yeah, sale Yeah, I was price. feeling that way. You know, I'm feeling it, man. I know when I've seen Trying some to be of, an author. When I've <laughs> sometimes seen our books on thrift books and they were like, one of my goat books was like 80 some dollars. <laughs> and I'm thinking 80 some dollars. I'd have to sell a lot of books to get that. But the point is those books would end up in the landfill or they would end up burned up or whatever. And so the reselling of that is a, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um so also another thing to look for is you can look up ratings. I mean, Google is filled with ratings between one star and five star for everything. And they're all accurate. No, but <laughs> you can tell when it's somebody that works for the company that's written the evaluation versus mm -hmm. somebody who has not. And so that's, that's another way to look just to see is the customer happy? Um, and that's not always true, but I do know, uh, lately I've seen some companies that say, if you're, they do a follow-up with you, it's not like they're saying, would you rate me? They're just saying, did you like what we did? And if you, if something's wrong, anything's wrong, here's the, I'm the head of the company, please get in touch with me before you rate us online. Um, because we want to make it right. Well, I like that. And it's always a smaller company doing that kind of thing. Um, what are their employee policies? Do they march that up front because they're proud of how they treat their employees and what they offer them? Or is there no, is it nowhere to be found on the about us part on their website or their Facebook pages or whatever? Have there been positive and negative reasons reported? And what are those, you know, rationally, sometimes there may be things that are reported negatively. We certainly have had that and we didn't do anything wrong. It's just somebody who's actually mentally ill, uh, you know, writing paragraph after paragraph about some crazy thing that we mm -hmm. have no idea. So things happen. Also check the company's public relations. What has been said about them broadly in the news, you know, look up their name. Um, and what are their policies around waste? Do they have zero waste? Are they working towards that? Are they working towards their suppliers doing better? A company like Aldi's, which is a grocery chain, um, is uh, has announced that all their suppliers have to meet certain standards now around packaging and things like that. Well, you know, if I'm gonna, so I'm gonna um, have to shop at a a bigger store that isn't really. It's local, but it isn't locally a, a local store. 
um, I'm going to look at all these and say, wow, you know, they they're trying to get it right. Right. And that just reminded me a lot of times people who evaluate these things, it's that old thing about don't let uh, the perfect be the enemy of the good. That's right. You know, I mean, nobody's going to get it all right. Nobody's going to get it to tick off 100 percent of the things you're looking for. But what we're saying is, is first off, do your homework, research, but then try and reward people with your spending, the ones who are trying, you know, and if they yeah. if they fall short, hopefully you can be annoying, you know, call them up, send them a note, send them an email. You know, don't go quietly. That's the angry right. consumer person. Really don't go quietly. Well, it reminded me back when we would order pizzas, right? And you would always <laughs> order a pizza, you know, I call up and then you'd call up Domino's and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I just ordered a pizza, but not from no, you. I usually would say the, how much I spent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not from you because of your, you know, political views towards women. And of course, the poor woman who answered would always go, do we have political views against women? No, she women? would say, I had no idea. <laughs> and I would, I would always say to her, I'm not attacking you, but I just want you to tell your manager that yeah. I didn't buy pizza from you and I didn't buy last week and I didn't buy the week before. Boy, we ate a lot of pizza. <laughs> In those days, I think we did. It was our favorite food. Right. So, uh -huh. but we never ate pizza from Domino's. Right. So, but the other thing I think that we have to do is to consider... We have a lot of people in our lives. If we live in a place where um, we we're trying to buy our own home, or we have to keep up a property uh, or a vehicle, so we we have plumbers, electricians, car mechanics, uh, places we buy gas, places we buy fast food, uh, places we don't buy fast food, and things like that. And so we could just sit down. Anybody could sit down and make a list of the places you normally do business and say, all right, how could I do better with that? Mm -hmm. How could I go in and ask the manager? You know, I've got this criteria. Do you, are you doing any of these things or what's the plan? Maybe the, the company is planning to do some of those things. Well, you had mentioned the B corporations. Um, I mean, this is a lot of work. I mean, to try and figure out every single thing you want to buy, are there other designations out there you know, state level, local level that that I could just look at and say, here's the green seal of approval. You know, that's well, cool. I think there there's a lot of things emerging right now, but there's the Green Business Bureau. And um, and then there I know there's one for Ohio and and there are for other states. I don't know if there's one in every single state, but Green Business Bureau. And I did look up their uh, criteria and I wasn't all that impressed uh, because I felt like they left out quite a number of things, but that's not to say that maybe there's a, there's, um, uh, in your, in your town or your city, there's a, um, a tourism office or there's a, a hotel association or there's a, a business. I can't think of what it's called. Better Business Better, Bureau? No, no. Or Chamber of Commerce? Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Uh, and, and go to them and talk to them. And of course, they might give you the BS answer, but more than likely, they're going to say, you know, oh, we would like to create a rating system or some towns and cities and states have rating systems. Um, I know years ago, I tried to talk to this de development people for the state of Ohio for job development and business development. 
about creating a rating system for sustainable businesses, particularly around tourism and because that's hotels and tourist sites and things like that. And uh, and they said, oh, we love that idea, but we're not going to we're not going to do that. And I would talk about it being a moneymaker and everything. And they just shake their head. No, we're not going to do that, Annie. Uh, why don't you start it up? You can make a lot of money. And it's like, well, I don't want to start it up. But I, I have pitched this idea quite a lot to people because I think it would be super helpful to us uh, as people who want to support people who are doing more sustainable uh, practices in their work. Well, it seems to me, I mean, the internet, the rating service, and of course, it's easy to abuse it, but there's got to be a, you know, a sustainability Yelp out there, you know, where people can, can do these things somehow. Now, it'd have to be set up in a way that's not easily abused or trolled or, you well, know, there would have to be criteria and yeah. somebody to oversee the criteria. Yeah, don't you hate that? Well, bureaucracy, <laughs> but it, there could be, you know, a little designation, a little logo of a designation. I I feel like it would be a great thing to have um, local areas like a city uh, that would come up with a sustainability guide. So every service, whether it's you want to buy food like meats or restaurants or produce or you want to go to a tour site or you want to have a real estate agent, uh, the doctor. I, I one time we had an intern that was a medical doctor. And, and I really liked him, but he said, you know, I have a, I'm a holistic doctor. And I said, I got all excited. I said, wow, that's so cool. How did you get that? He said, I took a one hour class. I said, don't <laughs> talk to me. Do not talk to me. So I want to know more uh -huh. than just to tell me that. But so the medical folks, you know, what are their practices? They, they have tremendous amounts of waste and hazardous waste. And also not sometimes very good customer service. And often right now we know from pandemic problems, not good treatment of employees. And so this is, you know, across the board. So I think, I think we have to start somewhere and it definitely has to begin with understanding what is it I do consume, what services I already utilize. And if you have somebody who you vote with your dollars with and they don't treat you well, then stop going there. Stop. Like when I went to the eyeglass place and they yell at me, stay at the door, you know? Yeah. And then when I'm leaving, they're like, where are you going? And it was like for a walk, because the energy here is really bad. And so I don't want to go back there mm -hmm. and I don't want to support them. So I think we, but we have to develop our own will and our own awareness. And clearly people want to do better. 84% of people saying we want companies to do better around environmental issues but then you got to bring that home to yourself and you got to say, I have to start with myself and then I can spread out from there. So start your own designation. It's a moneymaker. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you get a few friends together, but it, it just keeps a in my friends mind together to, what? to to all decide that this is oh, the criteria. Maybe, yeah, that would be and great. then, you know, this sounds very socialistic, right? Because then you begin to cooperate. <laughs> well, yeah. Is, and, and, you know, uh, go to Zoom and have clubs. a friend meeting and say, where does it, well, a buying club's a great idea. Then we support the, mm -hmm. the folks and services we want to support. But once again, you know, again, don't, don't say that they got to be perfect. Just try and be better. Well, let's see if they're trying to get it right. You know, right. that's the thing. And so I've got a quote to share. It's like being socially responsible isn't about putting every single decision you make through a purity test. No company's perfect. 
but you can make reasonable choices on a day-to-day basis. So try to frequent sustainable businesses that make an effort to maintain a low environmental impact and working towards taking, not taking away from the future. Okay. Well, with that, you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our producer, Emmy Award-winning and nominated Adam Rich. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother probably, hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is... Play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and give lots of hugs when you're uh, able to. Okay. Till next time. Mother will sing and her children will be find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blueRockstation.com. Yeah.